welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. The good stuff, all you need to know. Whoa, whoa, you're saying it's the good stuff, huh? Because a lot of people right now think it's just a whole lot of bad stuff right now. Well, I'm on. just saying, like content wise, we're giving oh, okay. we're giving the good content well, that's, right now. That's a given, you know. That is a given. It yeah. needs to be reiterated, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you're 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 saying it just now. Yeah. Um, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting. I mean, it was not going to be, you know, just smooth sailing, right? That and. Uh, in a in a selfish way, it we're it's kind of good because we would be for a while actually uh, the last couple of podcasts it just we didn't really have much to talk about because things were just looking so rosy, but um, we knew from the beginning that this season wasn't going to be perfect. Well, I, I still have a very positive outlook. Oh uh, yeah, I'm mean, overall very positive outlook, but I'm just saying that um, it you know it wasn't we weren't about to go you know 82. You know, you know, which I think yeah. a lot of <laughs> there's some Laker fans out there. I think that's the full expectation, you know. Um, so I, I, you know, and I, I was just saying this the other day, though, like we're we're still looking really good. You know, I think like our record is still pristine, in my opinion. We're um, still best record in the Western Conference. Um you can attribute a lot, a couple of our losses recently um, due to injuries. So we're still looking good, but you know, um, a three-game lose—what is it? A three-game losing streak? Yeah, yeah, a three-game losing streak will will um, will really kind of uh, you know make 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 you lose sight of things sometimes. I think. Right, and I will throw out this caveat that some key pieces were missing during this three game losing streak so yeah. it's not like uh teams are beating a full strength lakers team right now you know but like you no big deal three game losing streak is never good but when you when you look at the overall makeup of the team and you take into consideration the optics everything still looks really good i mean i would be i would have been worried about this three game losing streak if we had a full healthy roster and we lost that, that's exactly yeah that's exactly what i was yeah. saying yeah. um so i don't even know that we need to talk about well i do want to give credit to the milwaukee bucks they did uh they did beat the lakers last thursday i know you know you you put out a tweet and some some salty uh bucks fans you know were quick to uh <laughs> quick to jump on your tweet <laughs> did you notice that yeah yeah i mean it's it's true uh I, I don't even remember what I said, but um, I think something along the lines of both LeBron and Anthony Davis were not at 100%. Uh, as we know now, LeBron had a strained thoracic muscle or something yeah. like that, and AD was coming off an ankle uh, an ankle injury. Uh, Kyle Kuzma didn't play, and uh, the Bucks were at home. Giannis, to my surprise and probably to the surprise of many out there, hit five threes in that game. At a really incredible clip. At an incredible clip. And uh, it was a seven-point victory for Milwaukee. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's doom and gloom for the Lakers. No. From that loss. 
we'll take the L. Uh, you know, we say good game to Milwaukee, but we keep it moving and. At, well, not only that, I, I still feel good about our chances against the Bucks. I like in a seven game series if we're both healthy, I would still, I would still take our chances. So I would too. There yeah. was nothing that I saw in that game where I was like. Oh, okay. There, I mean, this, there's a new wrinkle to this whole scenario, and I, I, I'm, I'm a little scared. You know, it's not like what I, what I saw against the Clippers. You know, yeah, they appear to be um, like a regular season team. Oh, and I, I say this because <laughs> I say this because I think you're with me on this opinion. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to NBA championships. It's all about the stars. Oh, the yeah. stars make or break outcomes in the playoffs, right? That's right. When you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, it's Giannis. He's the he's a superstar, bona fide MVP caliber player, right? Looking Gen- like actually generational a top two. generational talent, all that. Give him all the accolades. Yeah, right? looking like a, the the back to back MVP right now. Right, and after that, there is a significant drop off. No disrespect to Chris Middleton, but I would not consider him a superstar player at this point. Yeah. And so we've seen throughout history that it's all about star players uh, rising up to the occasion when it comes to the playoffs. And the Milwaukee Bucks seem to be constructed such that they're missing that. Yeah. One person alone can't do it for you in the NBA. And so because of that, you know, I, I want... I want to peg them as a regular season team. Yeah, um, which might, which is pretty disrespectful. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah, they're they're playing the lights out, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't I, know. They got to prove. They, I think they have more to prove. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I was uh, I reacted like that a little bit tongue in cheek because yeah, you know, I, I was kind of joking, be, be, but you know, in reality, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think we both were both on the same page about these bucks. Like they're. Um, a very well coached, um, like they're just very, uh, just a really good cohesive unit. You know what I mean? And they're just geared to just punish, um, you know, teams in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But in the postseason, you know, just like you said, uh, star power is what you know gets you wins in the postseason. You know, um, like no other. In, in, in any other sport you gotta have the superstars um, and they right now they only have one so um, yeah I don't even think we really need to get into it I, I honestly even though that does sound disrespectful I honestly don't think we're alone in that sentiment I uh, yeah I don't think so I I've think heard other NBA experts chime in and say something very similar yeah it's, this is nothing say. this is nothing like revolutionary that we're saying um and I haven't even seen the, the latest Vegas odds, but I would even guess that Vegas still thinks that the Bucks would be behind the Lakers. But um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah. But moving on to I guess just sort of the state of the Lakers. You know, I just feel like um, there are some things though that that you know have come you know come to the surface. Some some concerns, and uh, I think it's good. You know, I think it's good to know that this team is not indestructible you know that this team is not unbeatable you know yeah it's i i don't think you would want 
the Lakers to be peaking right no, now at this not. juncture. And so, like you said, the fact that there are things that can be worked on, that things that, that can be improved, um, it's it should serve as a motivational tool for this team to get right before the games really matter. Yeah. And so there's room for there's room for a progression to improve with this team mm-hmm. yet. Um, but we got to talk about this game coming up. I want to say something and I, I want to see if you agree with me or not. Okay. All right. This upcoming Christmas game between the Lakers and Clippers, in my opinion, is the most significant regular season Lakers game this decade. Yeah, I would say yes, because the last significant game I can remember Christmas Day was the Lakers Or just Celtics. any just any game, yeah. Yeah, Lakers Celtics though. Right. Um I wanna say the game after that might have been the Lakers Heat, maybe, when Kobe made that buzzer beater bank shot. Was that on Christmas Day? That was pre LeBron joining Miami okay, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean that yeah, so that, that doesn't even count then. Yeah. Um that's probably more of just it was more memorable because of Kobe's shot. But yeah, like so yeah, I would say the Lakers Celtics Christmas game that we actually we went to. So yeah, that was <laughs> that was two thousand and nine. Yeah. Or that was the oh eight, oh nine season. So that was two thousand eight Christmas Day. So that was wow. eleven years ago. Wow. Yeah, okay. you and I went to that Lakers Celtics Christmas game. And that and this upcoming Clippers Lakers game has all of the makings of that game. I feel like in terms of anticipation, well, significance. I, well, that game lived up to its billing too, though. Yeah, that game lived up to the hype. And I am hoping for a similar result <laughs> <laughs> this week. So what I'm trying to say is, this is a really fucking important game. Yeah. Not all regular season games are created equal, and this one, I mean, if there was ever a time that I would want. A Lakers dub, it would be on Christmas Day against the Clippers. Yeah, this uh, this is a really damn important game. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into it. This is gonna be the Lakers Clippers uh, preview episode. Um, I made a list of, I guess, things to watch out for. Well, this is this is all with the caveat that. We're assuming LeBron and AD are playing. You know, there's been murmurs of them not being, of them being questionable for this game. Yeah, I feel like the league would find a way to punish the Lakers <laughs> if these if these players well, are not on the floor. Well, I think if 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 one of them doesn't play though, I think it just means that they're legitimately injured though. You know what I mean? So let's just hope that everybody's healthy. And I'm I'm even talking about the Clippers side because I want to see, I want to see who comes out on top. With both healthy rosters. Yes, you know what I mean? me, me too. Me too. And um, by all indications, it looks like the Clippers will have their full complement of players. Oh, I mean, load management has has set them up perfectly for this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, on the Lakers side, so they just released today that uh, LeBron and AD are both listed as questionable for the Christmas game. Yeah. Like, if one of them doesn't play, then forget it. 
Yeah, that's, all the that's significant why, is out is out the window. Which is why I'm you know? saying, you know, this is the Lakers Clippers preview podcast, and we're all hyped for it. However, if one of them doesn't play, this almost like whatever we're saying here on fourth is like null and void. Yeah, you can you can just um, <laughs> stop listening to this episode right now if uh, if, if we're either one out, of those guys. If word comes not. out that either of those guys are definitively out for this game, then yeah. it's like, all right, well, let's move on. Yeah, but but enjoy I, your Christmas. <laughs> right, is that open your presents, drink your eggnog, and all that? But uh, I am under the impression that both LeBron and AD. Are playing for the sake of this podcast, we're going to operate under the premise that that these two are playing. But I but I do feel like for real that they're going to play. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving forward, let's assume that they're going to be on the court. Okay. Uh, I have a list of things that I am really interested in looking at because when you really um, take a deep dive into this game, there's a couple things that. Uh, there's a lot of subplots and you know m- minor things that can there's, be can be looked at. You know, yeah. In, in screenplay writing, they call that the B and the C plots, and there's a okay. lot of those. Oh, there's, yeah. there's there's a lot of those are going B, on. B C D plots. <laughs> yeah, e plots. I mean, a lot. Keep going. There's a lot of plots coming into this. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I would be remiss to not bring up. You know, opening night. the The first game uh, that the Lakers and Clippers played. Um, obviously, the Clippers won that game by ten points without Paul George, and I was not feeling so good about that game, that result. You know. <laughs> yeah, they drew um, first blood. They drew first blood, and they did it in very convincing fashion. So there's a couple of. Um, I, I have a list, a summary list of what happened in that game, and. Um, there are certain things that we can carry over to this upcoming game, and there are certain things that I feel like are not going to be repeated. So you're okay. So you're saying let's let's look at what happened in the first game, and let's see it, how, if and how the Lakers corrected these these mistakes that yeah, they made in yeah. the first game. All right. Okay. So um, obviously, the main the big elephant in the room was that Paul George wasn't available. He didn't play. And by all indications, Paul George is um, is repeating what he's doing last year. In which I was City. very, which I was very skeptical about. So yeah. all credit to him. Yeah, I mean his numbers are slightly down, but his minutes are down too. So the the per thirty six minutes are about are very much on par with uh, his previous season uh, at OKC. So look, he's still. It looks like he's in the peak of his powers right now at this moment you know and that's a huge factor that is going to be a new element to this game coming coming up so that's the obvious thing um on the clipper side the three leading scorers were Kawhi leonard with 30 points and then what really devastated the lakers was uh mantras harrell and lou will combining for 38 points right and that's something that um if the Lakers want to pull out a victory here, they they have to stifle that a little bit better than they did in opening night. Yeah, I mean it's it's the old adage of you know when you play against a contender, a championship caliber squad, this the superstars are going to get theirs. It's all about how you're going to contain the role players. Yeah, and Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams simply cannot go off. 
um, on the Lakers again because yeah, Kawhi and Paul George are gonna you're gonna we're gonna assume that they're gonna get their their usual numbers. Right. On the flip side, LeBron and AD did not have a good game. They were combined fifteen of forty from the field for forty three points, way below their season averages. Right. Um, the bench, the benches of these two teams, that was a huge difference. Uh, when we just touched on it with Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell, the Clippers outscored the Lakers bench sixty to nineteen. Uh, in particular, throughout that game, uh, the second quarter, the Lakers were outscored forty to twenty nine, and then in the fourth quarter, they were outscored twenty seven to seventeen, with eighty only having two points in the fourth quarter. Um, some other Clipper role players. Um, Jamichael Green and Maurice Harkless, they were combined 6 of 10 from 3 in that game for 22 points. Yeah, that can't happen. That can't I'm, not really, I'm not really banking on that repeating again. Um, Mo Harkless has actually a, been a pretty decent pickup for them this year. He's their starting power forward, I feel like, yeah. at this moment. And he's averaging like 7 points a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they can't. Yeah, we're, hopefully they're not going to do that again. Um Another thing that probably won't happen again is Danny Green, who uh, scored 28 points in that opener, went 6 of 6 from 3 in the third <laughs> quarter alone. I, I think, yeah, Lakers fell in love with Danny Green from Game 1, game one right, right, off the, right off the start. Now, I, I fully believe that he's capable of having games like this every once in a while. And well, he's actually, a, he's, he's like a bit of a big game yeah, and what so what I've been saying, uh, there's been a lot of Danny Green slander um, going on in, in Lakers Twitter, you know? But what I always say with him is that he's going to come in and have one of those 20-plus point games in a crucial playoff game when it really matters. He's fully capable of doing that. You're talking just, about the Derek Fisher special. Yeah, it's, he's fully capable of having a performance like that, but it's, it's not something that uh, a team can rely on. And, uh, and you're game not, to game, and you, you, know? you shouldn't have to, because then, yeah, he's not a superstar. He's not, yeah, yeah. He's just a very good role player, that um, a championship caliber role player on a team. Yeah. And uh, on on the Lakers side, also, you know, Kuzma didn't play, Alex Caruso didn't play, Rondo didn't play, which meant that uh, in that opener, you saw Quinn Cook on the floor for seventeen minutes. You saw 16 minutes of Troy Daniels, and you saw 13 minutes of Jared Dudley, which I think for this upcoming game, those yeah. those minutes are going to be down. <clears throat> yeah, quite a bit, I would say. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you 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 are very very familiar of familiar with how I feel about Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels, and I um you know if these if those two guys, I mean I like them as. Like, they seem like cool dudes. Right. But if those two play prominent roles in our championship run, I would be really worried. And, um, yeah, in the first, very first game, those guys were getting some big minutes. And um, that's one thing that I'm, I'm already figuring that we're going to play better just because of the fact that our rotations are going to be different. We have, a, we have a deeper squad. You know, yeah. So those, I'm I'm assuming those guys will see very few minutes in this game. Hopefully, it's it's going to be uh, more closely resembling like a rotation that 
we can see the Lakers use in the playoffs. For sure. Yeah. Um, so those those are some of the factors that uh, when you look back at that opener, um, some of this stuff... Well, not only that. I mean, did you... I, guess, I mean, I, I don't know if we'll, we'll talk about it, if you wanted to talk about it in a separate uh, point, but like Dwight Howard didn't really play prominently, right? If I'm not mistaken. So he, um, I believe he played like 19 minutes in that opener, which is about his season oh, okay. average. I just feel like he was not the Dwight Howard, the renaissance Dwight in that game. Oh, well, how do you feel about Dwight Howard right now? Because... He went on a really hot streak there in the yeah. beginning of the season, yeah. like after this uh, Clippers opener. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, lately um, <laughs> his production has uh, kind of decreased a little bit. Right. So, so where, what, like, what's the temperature on, I, on Dwight Howard? I'm still very high on Dwight. And I, I still, I, um, you know, it's a little scary. We've talked about it multiple times. It's a little scary that we sort of. Have now grown accustomed to depend on a guy like Dwight. Putting a lot of eggs. In yeah, that, uh, we, are. we are. We are. We <laughs> are. But I'm. I I still feel good about Dwight. Like as recently as uh, what two two three games ago. What is it? The Indiana game. I don't know which game it was, but he was like ten for ten or something. Yeah, right? it was the Indiana game. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's only like two two games ago, right? So he's still absolutely uh, a crucial emergence from our bench and I and I still feel like we can still depend on him. Um I don't have that I don't have that many worries. Um it's just the fact of the matter is he's now a role player. You know what I mean? He's not a superstar anymore. Even though he looks like physically he looks like the superstar that we know that we've known for the past ten plus years. He's just not, you know? But we don't need to we don't need him to be a superstar. So we need him to continue to just be that defense stalwart and, you know, make all those dunks, you know? Um, yeah. Basically, a much better version of JaVale McGee. And I I think he's fully capable of that, so... So you expect him to play uh, a bigger role? I do. Role I do. I expect him to play a much bigger game. role, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. So let's move ahead to this game coming up. Um we can't emphasize enough the significance of this game. Uh, I guess more psychologically, right, than anything, because it's 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 one game, right? Yeah. But uh, and the Lakers have uh, some cushion right now in the Western Conference standings, but I feel like more psychologically, the implications are much more significant. Right, right. It's true, and well. And also record-wise, you know, um, you know when you play teams that are competing for that record, that best record. Oh, like tiebreakers and tiebreakers, like yeah. and also these games almost count as two. You know what I mean? Because you directly play them, and it's plus one in the win column, and it's minus one on their, you know, on their loss column. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it just matters in so it matters heavily in so many different ways. Um, and but like you know to speak on your psychological um, you know angle to this, yeah you know um, these are the kind of games where a team can win would win and then reel off another good run, you know yeah of games. Make no mistake, this game is going to have playoff intensity. It's going to resemble yeah. a late round playoff game 
And that's what I'm most looking forward to seeing is how the Lakers players respond to that type of intensity. Right. Um, one player that I know that, you know, LeBron has is more battle tested than any other player in the NBA right now. Maybe any player in NBA history. Well, I mean, he's got like, right? yeah. He's, I don't know what he, where he is on the all-time minutes list in the playoffs, but he is probably one or two or three, you know? Yeah, so... The guy's seen it all. Fully expect him to uh, be unfazed by no. the atmosphere, right? <laughs> yeah, he might be sleepy. Yeah. He might get sleepy during I mean, you can also say that about Kawhi Leonard at this point, too. So oh. each each player has yeah. their main guy completely battle-tested, completely proven to uh, live up to these moments. Without a doubt. Kawhi, yeah. So those guys, you can fully expect for them to show up. It's going to be everybody else that um, will be interesting to see how they perform, if they rise to the occasion or not. <clears throat> right. Uh, so going through this list of keys to the game that I have, Number one on my list is how are the Lakers going to approach defending Kawhi and Paul George on the court at the same time? That we haven't seen yet. I have, I have an idea of what I think is going to happen, which is because of the starting lineup, I, I, I feel like it's going to be LeBron's going to guard Paul George and Danny Green's going to guard Kawhi Leonard. That's how the game's going to start. What I would like to see, if this is a close game uh, coming down the stretch, and you and I have talked about this already, I feel like personally, the best defensive matchup on Kawhi Leonard is Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis is a guy who can guard one through five. Yeah. So one I, through four for sure. So I would like to see Anthony Davis draw the assignment of Kawhi Leonard in the second half. And then, uh, you know, LeBron sticking on Paul George. Yeah. So what I've noticed with Kawhi is that he, uh, he eats up smaller players. It's, it's like the Kobe and the Jordan uh, effect, you know? A, a player that's offensively skilled, whenever there's a shorter guy on them, they just go to work on him. And we saw a lot of, uh, we saw a lot of KCP trying to guard Kawhi uh, in the opener. And, I mean, that was... You know, as Shaq would says, barbecue chicken for Kawhi, like throughout that entire game. Yeah, Kawhi, um, people don't really notice this because he's not like a seven footer center type of power forward kind of guy, but that dude is unbelievably strong. Yeah, one of the strongest, maybe the pound for pound strongest player in the yeah. NBA. Yeah, pound for pound, I, I would put my money on Kawhi. Yeah. And that has been his bread and butter. Um, that just, really accentuates and sort of complements his incredible offensive skill set. I mean, did you see the uh, Clippers-Bucks game? I even felt like Giannis had a hard time backing down Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Which is crazy, yeah. Um, but that just, again, that speaks to how strong that guy is. And which is why, also, um, yeah, he, he anybody that's, that's smaller than him will, it's an automatic bucket. Yeah. So you need a guy, you need a longer and taller guy defending yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and I, I, I am actually supremely confident after seeing Anthony Davis do his thing against that's, and this is one of the reasons going back to the Bucks thing. This is one of the reasons why I'm confident still, is because I saw briefly Anthony Davis go up against uh, Giannis and defend him for a little bit, and he more than held his own. 
Giannis was trying to do his patent little, uh, you know, spin move. Um, yeah. Try to do all these other, and he kept on kicking it back out. And that's just not something that Giannis does usually. You know, he usually overpowers his guy and goes in for a layup or a dunk. Just right. it's money ninety nine percent of the time. So the fact that I saw that in Anthony Davis, um, I fully expect him to be capable of. You know, not I'm not saying he's going to stop him or shut him down the whole game. Um, you just can't do that in this in this game. You can't you can't do that with really supremely talented franchise type players in the NBA. Yeah. But like you were saying in the second half, yeah, let's put Anthony Davis, let's put AD on Kawhi in the second half in the crucial points of the game, and I'm willing to, uh, you know, put all our baskets in yeah, that in I'll that, in that matchup. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally. So that's uh, that's you know number one on my list to see. Um, number two is something that you kind of touched on uh, in the beginning when you said that you know you're looking at the team and there are still a couple of things that uh, the Lakers can improve upon, and one being uh, pick and roll defense. So what I've noticed with the team lately is. They're doing a lot of switching, switching into like unfavorable matchups. Like you see, you see the opposing team do like a high screen and roll, and what ends up happening is like a guard will be uh, switched onto an opposing big man, and they'll just like kick it into the post and take advantage of that unfavorable matchup. Right. Um, and as we know, uh, one of the bread and butter plays for the Clippers is that Lou Will Montres Harrell pick and roll, and so I really want to see how they, if they if they've improved, uh, defending that because you know in game one that that really hurt the Lakers mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I feel like Dwight Howard needs to really step up because he yeah. is he is one guy on our team that other teams don't have who's able to switch and hold his own. Right, right. And I must also add that uh, a very significant player was not available for the Lakers in Game 1, Alex Caruso, who is one of the better perimeter defenders. Right. And so... It's it's like in Game 1, we had guys like Troy Daniels and Quinn Cook. Yeah. On the other end of that. And now we have... Troy Cook wasn't really doing no, it for the Lakers. No, we, it wasn't. But now we got Alex Caruso, um, who he's a player who absolutely has his flaws, but defense is something that he—that's his calling card. You yeah, know, that's what's going to keep him in the NBA. Um, so yeah. So uh, the a question that I have is, um, who is more better suited to? Uh, matchup defensively with Lou Williams. Is it Avery Bradley or is it Alex Crusoe in your opinion? Ooh, that's a really good question. Because I think that matters a lot, especially in this matchup. Yeah. And I that mean, could possibly determine like between those two players who gets more minutes. Yeah. Um that's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I can answer that um all the way. Because I I don't know. I, I actually don't know if I have a good read on what kind of player we have in Avery Bradley to be honest. I think because of the injury, I feel like I haven't seen exactly what he's capable of, you know? Yeah. Um, because I, I was kind of expecting to see um, 
you know, that defensive ace in Avery Bradley. And I've seen that in spurts during the season so far, but I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen the, you know, um, reminiscent of the Boston days, Avery Bradley yet. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering, yeah, I'm not sure if, I don't know if I can answer that. I don't know. I'm wondering if, if Avery Bradley or Alex Cruz, which one is the better play here uh, to defend Lou Williams. But to be honest, either one I'm okay with because either one will be, you know, someone that we're going with over guys like Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with Avery Bradley in that uh, first Dallas Mavericks game when he Mm -hmm. drew the assignment of Luka Doncic. Yeah, you were impressed by that. And he, it looked like he bothered Luka enough. Right. Uh, I'm I'm sure he still, you know, went off on the stat sheet, but... Uh, I was impressed by his his defensive performance in that game, so I think he is capable of being one of the better right. on ball defenders uh, in the NBA today. Uh, Lou Williams is such a he's an anomaly. He's such a nightmare to guard. You know, he's such a crafty player that you need a crafty defender to to match up against him. Which is why I might be leaning a little bit more towards Avery Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Crusoe seems to do uh, a lot better against bigger players mm-hmm. because I feel like people underestimate his like size and his strength and athleticism. Yeah, you know, I I think um, Avery Bradley has better instincts and Alex Crusoe has better um, sort of like a physical skill set. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were to fuse Avery Bradley. And Alex Crusoe, I mean, you'd have like a defensive player of the year contender, I feel like, because Avery Bradley's got great instincts, you know. Um, I don't think he's the most athletic guy, whereas Alex Crusoe, I think he he's he's got pretty good instincts, but I think his defensive like um, his athletic ability really uh, plays up yeah. on the defensive end. Right, so right. Um, I don't know. I, that's something that is I, I'd be curious to see. Uh, I'm just glad we have those two options at our disposal, ra- rather than you know, the other the other guys that played in the first game. Yeah, so that that's going to be a factor. Yeah, it that's will be. be a factor coming right. up. Uh, another person that we have available that wasn't there was is Kyle Kuzma. He didn't play in the opener, and number three on my list is who's going to be that third scorer for the Lakers? Because obviously LeBron and AD are going to get their shots, they're going to get their points, but. There needs to be another guy that's gonna have, you know, like fifteen to seventeen points, and provide that type of contribution offensively. Right. Um, Kakuzma, he was interviewed today uh, after practice, and he said that he's felt as good as he's ever felt this whole year. So that could bode well for him coming up in this big Christmas game. So I'm glad you brought him up because that he's somebody that I wanted to bring up in this podcast when we're talking about this Laker Clipper preview. Um, I think this game is a really important game for Kyle Kuzma. Mm. I think this game will could be a turning point for Kyle Kuzma um, for this season for him and also for his future with the Lakers. I, I mean, this game is that important. Like, think about it this way. Kyle Kuzma is healthy now, right? Let's say Kyle Kuzma just puts up an egg he just is just a stinker you know just doesn't play well kind of you know we've seen sort of the un, uninterested or just not um not, you know doesn't play very smart ball 
kind of Kyle Kuzma games, right? We're tunnel familiar. vision, tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've seen that. Um, if he puts up one of those games in this this just crucial big ass Christmas game, that's I think like there's going to be murmurs about him getting traded, and I think they're going to be serious talk, not just from like Laker fan you know anger twitterverse that you typically see you know <laughs> yeah. whatever overreaction yeah. that you see on they've been saying Drake yeah Kuzma. yeah but i think like you'll actually see something for real in terms of like the front office maybe even looking into possibly finding a better fit because look if you're third guy who and kyle kuzma he's he's been tabbed to be the third guy from the get-go right still is in my opinion yeah yeah um if your third guy does not get up for a game like this what I mean what I mean what else what are, what are you gonna have him for? What do you have him around for then? You know what I mean? Um and so I think this game just is is so important for for Kyle Kuzma and he absolutely has to show up. Is this game more important for Kuzma than it is for any other Laker player in your opinion? I don't know. I'd have to think about that, but it's I don't know if I can't find it I can't I mean I think Anthony Davis is up there too. Because this game, he just hasn't had many meaningful games in his career. Yeah. Um, but I'm so confident that if, you know, and if Anthony Davis is healthy, but I'm so confident that AD is such a supremely talented guy. And actually, I, I feel like I've seen enough where I realize he's a really competitive dude, actually. I don't know if you've noticed, but like, I love that. The guy, like the game against the Bucks. That dude went all out, and I I think he played the whole second half. The dunk on Giannis. Yeah, I the guy Ooh. the guy balled out, and he wasn't even fully healthy. So look, listen, listen right now. <laughs> Give him the supermax today. Yeah, right, exactly. So he's he, the, he's the one. He's he the is one. the one for the next however long he wants to play. Yeah, he is the one. Like even the fact that he was able to defend Giannis for like little spurts of the game, I'm like. This guy is he was worth that big ass package. Yeah, and, and if you're if you're an organization, a franchise that's projecting into the future and trying to have like a sustained run, you have to address that Giannis problem. Cause yeah, he, he he looms very largely. He, I mean, every team has has to have is going to need an answer to that. Yeah, Giannis for is, the next like ten years. Giannis is pretty much casting a big ass shadow on the NBA right yeah. now, and AD just might be the, the answer. only guy yeah. that can you know hold his own. And they're pretty much the same age. There's like a one year difference. Yeah, I think so. AD is a year older. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I so it's an important game for AD, but I, I'm just like operating operating on this the just the assumption the the dude's gonna ball out like you know. Well, one thing, um, um, one thing yeah. that happened in the opener was that uh, I, 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 you know, rewatched the highlights of that game in the fourth quarter. That's so the game was actually tied going into the fourth quarter. You know, if was people, it? If people remember, yeah, I actually did not remember and, that. Uh, the Clippers pulled away in the fourth quarter, outscored the Lakers by ten points. Wow! And one of the major things that happened in that fourth quarter was they doubled the shit out of AD. And they they were forcing anyone else to beat to beat them, which didn't happen. But it's which kind is of, kind of wild to think because it, um, LeBron James being I mean, he, on a team, he put up a stinker of a game. Yeah, for, by his standards, right? You know? Yeah, he did. But for 
To, for LeBron James to be on a team where the another player on your team is being double teamed, that that speaks to insane. his talent. That speaks to eighty. But that is level. insane, yeah. though. Yeah. So, what I want to see out of AD is he's that he's such a supremely talented player, like you said. Though those the the players with that amount of talent, they have to force the issue, right? Even if it's like a double team, they need to still find a way to get buckets i feel like oh you're saying the, you you talking about the kobe the kobe yeah, factor that's i mean and that's yeah. partly why we love kobe was that he was able to get buckets even even though teams you're talking about basically double teamed and triple teamed. you're basically right? talking about like if you're the the sort of the the cream of the the crop the just the 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 one percent of the superstars you have to be able to impose your will i mean that's what that's what LeBron was killed for for yeah. you know the yeah. first half of his career yeah. and then he figured it out yeah. you know yeah but imposing your will are we going to see AD being able to impose his will yeah. on this on this game yeah. so and i and my vote is i i just cannot see a scenario where he doesn't yeah i mean i'm very so, confident that he can do that right so so yeah this game will be just as important cuz you know um, it's all about legacy in this league but i you know to answer your original question, I don't know if there's a more important game than for Kyle Kuzma. It's it's seriously it's that important for this guy. Like he has done nothing in this season so far. Nothing, nothing to uh, write home about. Inc- incite <laughs> more confidence. You mean right? I don't uh, think he's. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't he hasn't been healthy like this entire time. You know. Okay. And yeah. I, I feel like all these trade Kuzma, all this trade Kuzma talk is a, is pretty premature right now. Uh, as we I mean, speak. I mean, okay. I I, mean, I will say it, it it has been unfair. The situation has been unfair to Kyle Kuzma. I, I will concede yeah, that. Yeah. However, unfortunately, that's just how life works. Which is why I'm saying he has to ball out to kind of silence all that. You know what I'm saying? He's been dealt with an unfair hand right now, and so it's kind of like okay. Well, you just gotta like this is the game where you gotta kind of like silence all that. Look, if Kyle Kuzma balls the hell out in in um, Christmas in this Christmas Day game, people will not. I, I mean, obviously, there's always going to be some murmurs, or there will always be detractors. People won't say anything. They're gonna be like, "He's back. This is the guy that we needed." That will quiet the chatter. That will quiet Quite the chatter. Bit. Yeah. Um. So he's gotta really show out in this game. I don't think he's the only one that's. Should be like put on notice though no, on this team. No, obviously, yeah. But he is, and again, we talk about. We said that he has an unfair hand. He's been unfair hand. He's been dealt. He is the scapegoat though. You know what I mean? Other players could not show out, and they won't get the as near of a criticism as Kyle Kuzma. I mean, people have been shitting on Rondo. You know. Well, Ever since he's been a Laker, so I, I think mean, that's I think warranted. He will, though I think he will <laughs> that, get his that is warranted. I think though. <laughs> he will be a player that will get his fair share of criticism if he does not play well on Wednesday. Yeah, um, but we've said it. This is like going to be a playoff game, playoff level intensity, and because of that, this is something that uh, you know Shaq always says on TV. You know when when he talks about the three peat Lakers was. Uh, you know his talk about like quote unquote the others, and 
what he you know he's talking about role players and so i know <laughs> it's hilarious i know you know we're, we're putting a lot of we're putting a lot of eggs uh in terms of like significance of this game uh in in kyle kuzma but i feel like there's a whole list of other players on this team that are still somewhat unproven when it comes to like playoff mm. atmosphere mm-hmm. you know guys like alex caruso KCP, uh, even the new Dwight, I feel like I would still, you know, he's he needs to step up, and for sure Avery Bradley too. For There's sure, all the role players on this team. I really want to see how they perform when the lights are brightest. Yeah, um, you in order to beat this Clipper squad, it has to be a collective win. Right, like yeah. you know, the Bucks game when when the Lakers lost by seven points, the bench only scored four points that entire game. So, you know, in that game, the role players really laid an egg, yeah. and you cannot do that against the Clippers. No, you can't. Because especially the Clippers, who they're just, such a deep team. Yeah, that benches. when it's like bench against bench, you you can't be exposed in situations. You've got like to hold that. your own. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, other than Kyle Kuzma, you know, I, I really am curious to see Alex Caruso because he he didn't play in the opener. He's been playing so well uh, this season, uh, you know, getting minutes for the first time in his career. And this is going to be the biggest game for his young career. Yeah, and, you know, it's it, this is the thing with Alex Caruso that I, I feel like I'm getting... This is the sense that I get with Alex Caruso. I don't know if you um, agree or not. But Alex Caruso, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because he looks like a math teacher or an accountant, whatever you want to say, but I feel like he's constantly trying to prove that he's a a good player. You know what I mean? It's almost like... I love that if that's true. No, I know, right. Yeah. But I'm saying is that it's almost like two games... He, he has to play two good games versus to make up for one bad game. That like that's how much of a like uphill climb he has to do. You know what I mean? And him playing well will just engender him even more of hey, I deserve a rotation spot on this on this squad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like you know, like for example, if Rondo gets plays a bad game, he's kind of earned that, you know, that that rope. He's still gonna get his minutes. Yeah. Regardless of what exactly. happens. Exactly. Whereas, whereas Alex Caruso, if he plays a bad game, he just will not get as much rope, you know? So right now, Alex Caruso is averaging 20 minutes a game. Which is not bad. It's good. It's a lot better than I thought he would get coming into this year. So credit to the coaching staff for seeing what he's capable of. But I mean, I feel like he can play more than that. Right. Especially in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, it seems to be a case where it's either Caruso or Avery Bradley or another guy that I feel like needs to show a little bit of what he's made of uh, in this game, KCP. Mm-hmm. Another player that's, let's, to put it mildly, the Lakers fans have had a love-hate relationship with yeah. KCP. I mean, uh, this year he's been playing well. Um, I, I will say this: like, I have I have grown to become very confident in his um, 
corner threes, and I think he should just only shoot corner threes because yeah, his corner totally. threes have been money. His corner three is like the the shot that that goes in consistently. Oh, yeah. Like it's his money. his percentages are good this year. Uh, you know, thirty nine percent from three, forty six percent from the field. Uh, his free throw shooting is a little bit down, but he's been doing well this year, and um, and, and he's it, not a he's not a complete uh negative player on defense like some of the other uh laker players are right so he, i mean he has a lot to gain from playing well this he upcoming does. game yeah and i kind of it kind of leads into the main the other thing that i'm really looking forward to seeing in this game is who is like what's gonna be the crunch time squad you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, if you were to predict what what you think is going to happen, um, yeah. Let, let's predict both because let's predict because, both lineups because I think it's dependent on what the Clippers right what the Clippers right. Roll. But I was going to say though because I don't think Frank Vogel still knows what his crunch time lineup is. Yeah, and and right? uh, and you know, for me, like I'm I'm okay with that. Right. I'm actually I'd rather have him still have that question in the air than. Uh, him sticking be, be prematurely. Very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like making a d- premature decision on that. Um so yeah, let's let's try to predict what we're going to see in the fourth quarter. Okay. Well, so you obviously have LeBron and AD. That's going to be no matter what. Yeah. Right? Um I feel like you need to have Danny Green Danny Green on there. I think yeah, he's I mean, kind of earned... It's it's kind of funny because sometimes he doesn't play in the fourth quarter, sometimes yeah, he does. He doesn't, yeah. Um so you think Danny Green should be in there? Okay. Yeah. And I think Dwight Howard should be there. Okay. Um, and then I the can fifth, totally see that. And then the fifth guy is, that's going to be, uh, it's like, it's a question mark. It's a silhouette of, it's a black silhouette picture with a question mark. I mean, it. it's either Rondo, uh, Caruso, or even Avery Bradley, or even Kuzma. Kuzma, KCP. That's five yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, that's funny that you didn't even throw Kuzma in there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and and that's and that's where I, I think uh, it is dependent on what the Clippers throw out. Yeah, so let's side. let's try to um, let's try to predict what the Clippers would throw out, throw out there. So I think you know without question Kawhi and Paul George, right? Uh, I feel like Montrezl Harrell is going to be on there. Kawhi, Paul George, and Montrezl Harrell. Um, and the thing with Pat, Lou- Be- Pat Bev. Oh yeah, he's for sure. Gonna Lou be on will. There. And here's the thing about Lou Will, okay, is that all the things that we are kind of fearful of Lou Will, right? He's a very feared player because of, yeah, his skill set and his craftiness, right? His defense, however, is just atrocious. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not getting paid for his defense. Yeah, sure. I mean, and he knows it too. He's pretty much knows it's it. It's basically the opposite of Pat Bev. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm going to be very interested to see because I think what Doc Rivers I haven't seen a lot of Clippers ball, but from what I've seen is that he's just kind of rotating. He'll rotate Lou Williams out, you know, in key situations. If it's a defensive situation he'll take him out if it's an offense situation he'll put him in yeah yeah so it's a very fluid situation there and if lou williams is in there then we have to go with the guy that's more defensive then kyle kuzma can't be in it you know what i'm saying right because lou williams against kyle kuzma is just gonna be i don't even know (laughs) so so you so is this a realistic clippers lineup right here 
Do you think Pat Bev and Lou Williams will be can be the backcourt? I mean, I think we've seen that. Well, I I personally think actually Pat Pat Bev, uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi will. That's going to be regardless of whoever. Those three are going to be on the t- on the. Uh, Pat Bev more than Lou will. Yeah, because. Because Lou Williams' defense is so bad, whereas Pat Bev- Beverly on the offensive end, he's he will he's hit a three. He will hit a three. He will yeah. hit a three. Um, so <clears throat> he's kind of earned. I don't know if he, I don't know if he if he really is uh, a legitimately like good three point shooter, but he's kind of earned that reputation by now that he's he's sort of like a three and D kind of guard. Um, I think he's going to be on there no matter what at all times. Because he's also that scrappy Derek Fisher type of ilk type of kind of player. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but so those three will always be on the floor, in my opinion. And then you got either who I don't know Montrezl Harrell or Lou Williams on 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 the floor. But I could see those five being there. My opinion is that I think the three that we will definitely see is Kawhi, Paul George, and Montrez. Yeah, you know, more I so think, than Pat Bev. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think I think Montrezl Harrell is going to be there for sure. Yeah. So in response to that, on the Lakers <laughs> side, I would roll out uh, AD, LeBron, and Dwight Howard. Yeah, I, Dwight Howard against Montrezl Harrell. I'm I feel very good about curious that. to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, I feel I would feel reasonable. I mean, I'd feel much better about that than Kyle Kuzma trying to guard um, Montrezl Harrell or right? or Javale McGee. Or Jared Dudley, which is what happened <laughs> yeah. in game, yeah. game one. Yeah, that's I, such a mismatch for the Clippers, yeah. So it, it all comes to the backcourt again. Like, uh, if it's Pat Bev and Lou Williams, then you can throw out Danny Green and, I don't know, Avery Bradley. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe even Rondo. Man, I am of the opinion that I don't want to see Rondo in the final crunch time minutes. Yeah. So at all, it it might it might be a case where Kyle Kuzma is not really playing those crunch time minutes. Then. Well, if Lou Williams is on the court, I'm okay with. Kyle. Oh, you're right. Yeah. If Lou, I, I, what I meant was if Lou Williams is not on the floor, then I'm okay with Kyle Kuzma being on there. But yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess what we're concluding is that. It's going to be kind of a chess match between the. We're the going to be here. seeing a lot of substitutions in the last. If it's a close game, there's going to be a lot of players coming in and out. Yeah, and I and I am predicting a close game here. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I want a close game. Look, there. There's four possible scenarios, right? It's either the Lakers win by double digits, they could lose by double digits, they could win in a close game, or they can lose in a close game. If I had to put my, uh, if I had to make a bet on this game, the yeah. Lakers are favored by two points. By the way, are they? Um, okay. I would I would place a bet on the Lakers winning a close one. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a close game down the stretch, and really, like what what the coaches, what rotations the coaches are gonna throw out there in the fourth quarter is going to be super interesting to see. Obviously, we feel really good about Frank Vogel. I know you. I know you're not the biggest uh, Doc Rivers fan. I don't. I I've, I don't feel one thing. I'm very sure of that's not going to happen in the game. Is we will not be out coached. <laughs> Doc Rivers is a great motivator, but in why, terms why don't of you give them a little bit of a, your Doc Rivers <laughs> impersonation. <laughs> 
it's, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. All right. Doc Rivers, who uh, was actually the opposing coach in that Christmas game that we went to. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, he he's a great motivator, but in terms of X's and O's, not the best. Not the best. Yeah. No. Not. No. Not. He is a good manager of egos and personalities. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. But yeah, as a tactician, I'm not. I'm not so sure. No. So yeah, we already we already just set our predictions. We think the Lakers are gonna pull this one out in a close one. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this game? Anything no, we didn't cover? I am. Uh, all I gotta say is if 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 uh, if this game rolls around and we do not win it, I'm gonna be pretty pretty sad. Yeah. I'm gonna be pretty bummed. So scale of one to ten, uh, how significant is this game? Ten being okay, zero being an exhibition game that's not even the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or ten being summer league game. Ten. Ten being game seven of the NBA Finals. Oh. I would say it's a seven. Um. For me, because I'm reserving eight, nine, and ten for playoff, all playoff games. Well, I would put this ahead of a first round playoff game. Oh, well, actually, that's debatable. Because because first round games, these are, you know, Western Conference Finals caliber teams. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of a crazy thing to say, but but it's. The psychological aspect of this, yeah. I feel like, let's say doomsday scenario, the Lakers get blown out. Like that is not that is not gonna bode well. Bode well <laughs> for the psyche of this team going forward. Yeah, you know. Yeah. In that '09 Christmas game that you and I went to, that was a huge game that the Lakers needed to win yep. to really propel them to go on their run to win the championship. Yeah. It really did. They went on to actually beat Boston in Boston that year too, like yeah. a couple a couple months later. Yeah. But that was all set up because of that Christmas game. Oh, totally. So this, this, this is why I would argue that this upcoming game. This game is worth like like fifteen games. Right. <laughs> if the Lakers, if the Lakers beat the Clippers by twenty. They could lose the next six in a row, and I would still would not be tripping. <laughs> well, because. From experience of having been a, a, a Laker fan of like past dynasties, right? We've seen it happen. The Lakers would win. The Lakers would lose like a handful of games and just look very listless. And then a marquee matchup would would show up on the schedule, and Kobe and Shaq would just they would just ball the f out. You know what I mean? And then you're like, order is restored. And yeah, you feel and, good. Yeah, yeah, you're like, of course, of yeah. course. I mean, these guys were just bored. Yeah. You know, and so, like you said, yeah, it's it, it. There's so much psychological warfare going on here. So, yeah, the Lakers are, um, you know, have lost their last three. Uh, but if they win this upcoming game, that would be better for this team than for the Lakers to have won these past three and lose this one. Right. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. 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 That's how significant this game is. is right. 
So I think we've hyped up this game enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said it's worth more than a first round playoff game. I think it is, though. I really do. <laughs> Especially with a player like LeBron James on your team. Yeah. Who can, who can not even, I mean, he can sit out, he can, you know, lose a game and, in the playoffs, and, but come back to reel off like yeah. a sweep on a team, yeah. you know? So yeah, big game coming up. Um, I don't know. There's a couple of other things we could talk about here. Uh, well, I know this, you definitely wanted to talk about one thing. This for sure. so so uh, this article came out by the Athletic today. Uh, by the way, the Athletic is they're killing it, huh? I mean, they got a they they got a stack. Yeah, I mean, Shams is there. They, they do have a stack uh, lineup of like yeah. Jamel Hill is on that is part of the athletic now. But Those they've are, been honest, incredible writers. They've you know? been dropping like just bomb articles. Like they they're the ones who dropped the uh, the Houston Astros sign stealing uh, story. Oh, what what's happening with that? By the way, oh they're still deliberating over it. But I'm not expecting anything from yeah. Rob Manfred the commish. So okay, but yeah, the the athletic is like yeah. So uh, it came out today that uh, you gotta love the fact that they're also coming out with this article like a couple of days before the game. Well, I they just, had they it, just they had it on cue. <laughs> yeah, they had it in the draft. This is a nice primer for. They had it in the draft folder. They just they're ready they, to they send know what, out. They know what they're doing for sure. <laughs> so it came out today that uh, during the uh, Kawhi Leonard free agency saga that. Uh, Uncle Dennis himself was trying to um, pinch the Lakers out of millions of dollars. Um, I think uh, some of the things that he was asking from Jeannie Buss was part ownership of the team. Which is wild. Uh, a so private, wild. Uh, unlimited access to a private jet. Um, and millions of dollars in endorsement money that Kawhi Leonard would earn for the franchise. <laughs> And uh, Jeannie, you know, uh, to her credit, said no to all those things. Well, not only did she say illegal. no. Yeah, not only did she say no, she said, that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> so the Lakers are looking good, looking clean from this uh, report. But uh, you got to wonder what, uh, what uh, you know, closed door handshake deals were made with uh, the Clippers yeah, and it's especially grimy after what uh you know Doc Rivers was just kind of poking at, you know, saying that the Lakers did whatever LeBron told them, you know. Oh, I retweeted is, that clip yeah, today which of is uh, especially Doc Rivers rich taking a jab of Doc Rivers, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I you got to think that some shady, some shady business has been has been done, you know. I would I would lean more towards. Yes to that, then no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. I think it's a, something that um, hopefully this story doesn't go away and there's right. more info to right. be revealed in, in the future. But I think, you know, overall, um, I'm generally happy with how things played out. Uh, the Lakers have a championship caliber roster. I'm still, I'm still really liking this squad, yeah. Yeah, and, you know... Um, a lot of these players that were picked up over the summer have far exceeded expectations. Yeah. So we're good as a, as a team, you yeah. know. A uh, couple of other minor things. Um, I don't even think that I need to mention this, but, uh, you know, Utah, U Utah Jazz, they're making some moves right now. 
Um, they picked up an old friend. They picked up an old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would probably say he wasn't one of your favorite Lakers. No, I didn't. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't hate him, but he just just didn't move the needle for him for me. Yeah. So they traded away Dante Exum and two second round picks for Jordan Clarkson. By the way, how how far the the mighty have fallen with Dante Exum, huh? That guy was a contender for a number one overall pick, right? Yeah, and he's um, firmly supplanted in in bust territory. Or yeah. I guess I should. We should name it after Ben Simmons, right? Because oh. you're, you're uh, <laughs> you've been tabbing him for for months now. I've been feeling vindicated though. You, you really love that Kevin O'Connor tweet that that he put out last week. I mean, week. that was fire though. That guy I think was, he went a little too far on his uh, but he went cowardly shooting. He, he went in on him though. I mean, you're just questioning a guy's manhood now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess I guess we should call it Ben Simmons territory wow. with Dante Exum now. Yeah, all right. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. Ben Simmons was a number one overall pick after all, and he yeah. was chosen yeah. ahead of Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Uh, but Dante Exum was a top five pick. Right. And had a lot of promise, but he certainly hasn't come close to living up to any and of that. Now he's been traded for Jordan Clarkson. And it's been sent to the Siberia of the NBA, yeah. the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so that was not the only move that the Jazz did yeah. today. They yeah. also waived uh, Jeff Green. It's a very curious uh, <laughs> decision, and uh, yes, yeah, so what are your somewhat thoughts of an Jeff intriguing Green? player that's out in the open. Are market you a Jeff now? Green fan? I'm not sure. I mean, he's look of a stat. He's 33 years old, I think. That's still okay. That's that's still young enough. He's got he's got good measurables. Six eight with a seven one wingspan. Those are great measurables. I don't really know too much about his uh, defensive ability. That would be like the one thing that I would want to know. Well, so he's shot very, very poorly. He's shot 38.5% from the field this year, 33% from three. Um, I think that whole Utah team is has been struggling this year, yeah. though. Yeah, okay. Maybe apart from like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. But one thing I know about Green and... Obviously, we're going to compare him to Andre Iguodala, right? I noticed that. I saw Andre Iguodala up on your laptop before we started the podcast. I was doing a little, you know, comparison, <laughs> comparison research. Yeah. And uh, one thing that's clear is that he's he's not the he's not the playmaker that Andre Iguodala is, and I feel like yeah, I mean they're not even in the same stratosphere in terms of quality of player. And that's not to say that Jeff Green is complete trash. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just that Andre Iguodala is a battle-tested. I mean, you're talking to finals. You're talking about a finals MVP guy. Yeah, I mean, he checks so, all the boxes yeah. in terms of what the Lakers need, right? Yeah, three and D and a playmaker, ball handler. Yeah. But the question is, considering factoring in the odds of Iggy being bought out, which in our in our minds right now is not looking so good. Yeah. Factoring that in, do you think the Lakers should at least take a look at Jeff Green? And I don't know. I'm give not... him some consideration. Let me look up his numbers from last year because this year obviously has been bad. But I don't know. I, I I feel like he's. Yeah, I don't know. Forty-seven percent from the field last year. Thirty-five percent from three. I mean. Those are decent numbers. Yeah, 12 points a game. I don't know. 
Uh, I actually, I'm just, I'm not that familiar with this style of game, you know, style of play, but, um, I don't know, maybe. I, I, the reason why I, I'm so like, okay, maybe, why not, is because of Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? It's a guy who was left for dead, and he's been amazing. So, I don't well, know. Maybe Green's the Lakers... nowhere near the physical specimen that Dwight true, Howard true, is. True, true. Right. But it's just, you know, this whole idea of like, you know, listen, like... And, you know, it also speaks to the whole mystique of LeBron, though. Players just play up to their ability when they're on a on on a team with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I think last episode we called him the bad player whisperer. <laughs> yeah, and he is. So Which I don't know. Maybe he's even a good player whisperer. Yeah, too. yeah. So maybe I don't know. Um, who knows? I just I, 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 all I know is I don't want Rondo on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I think if we hear any type of rumblings. Uh, between the Lakers and Jeff Green, then that'll signify to me that they feel like their chances of Andre Iguodala are pretty much out the door. Okay, yeah, I I can see that. Yeah, I'm still holding out on a little bit of hope. No, you... to to acquire Iggy, yeah. but that might be that might be foolish of me. But I'm pretty sure yeah. you have an Andre Iguodala Laker jersey in your closet that you're just just itching to, to bust out. I'm pretty sure the Lakers have an Andre Iguodala jersey in their closet, too. True. So, we'll, we'll see about that. But, you know, we don't want to dis- distract too much from... Let's stay, let's stay focused. Eyes on the prize right now. Eyes the, on the, the prize. The issue at hand, which is this upcoming game. Yeah. Uh, let's end with this. Um, final uh, score prediction. And... Um, who do you think the player of the game will be? 112 to 108, and Anthony Davis will not be the player of the game. LeBron James will be the player of the game. Hmm. Okay. I think Anthony Davis may have better stats, but LeBron James will be... He will play very prominently in this game. Because as the last game has shown, you know, without LeBron, as amazing as Anthony Davis is, LeBron James is the straw that stirs the drink. He is that important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're both you know uh, MVP candidates, uh, without a doubt, for the season. No question. Uh, actually, my prediction is like really very similar to yours, score wise. Okay. I, I I had in my mind one eleven to one hundred seven. So wow, we're on the we're on the same yeah wavelength. we're on the same wavelength there. But I I do feel like AD is going to be player of the game okay. because and, and I just feel like they can't match up with him. Yeah, and that's that's fair. I I, I don't think that's... they shouldn't be able to match up with him. Right. And so uh, a lot of a lot of um a lot of our uh, emotional and psychological weight, a lot of our eggs are in this in this game. You know, all our hopes and dreams. I'm gonna feel. Uh, I'm not gonna feel so good if if uh, yeah. the Lakers lose this one. You know, it's gonna be a long weekend. Yeah, I mean, I on a on a scale of one to ten, I, I put the significance of this one as an, at an eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was our preview for this upcoming Christmas game. Uh, we'll be back after the game. Uh, I mean, the next time we record, uh, this game will have been played. And I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and go over. Yes. 
But um, yeah, with that said, we're going to end it here. Um, hope everyone there has a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Um, drink plenty of eggnog. Hope you get what you want for yeah. Christmas. As, um, other than a Laker victory. Yeah, other than a Laker victory. Um, I'm going to be watching some movies, some Christmas movies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, do, you have a, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Um, Die Hard. I was going to say Die Hard, too. <laughs> so, Die Hard is up there for me. Um, Elf is pretty good, too. Elf, uh, A Christmas Story. Christmas Story is classic. Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah. So, there's plenty to watch. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Die Hard. Because, you know, we're L.A. It's, it's, it's classic, L.A., man. it's Christmas, you know? Classic, That's like man. the classic uh, L.A. Christmas movie, yeah. so. So, if you haven't seen any of those movies, watch the Laker game, watch the Lakers win, and then pop one of those movies in. Either on stream or DVD. I mean, there, there is a full slate of games uh, on Christmas. We didn't talk about any of them. There are a couple of other good games. I think yeah, uh, we don't even need to go there. Hey, the Bucks are playing the Sixers. That's a good game. Um, Celtics Raptors, but you know, it's not a year. I don't. There. I don't even care. I, I mean, my <laughs> my mind is going to be fixated on this Lakers Clippers game that That's whole right. day. That's so, right. Um, Let's go Lakers. Uh, hope you guys have a good Christmas. And Nothing but positive vibes. Good vibes all around. Um, and we will talk to you guys after the game. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.